0: Hey everybody. Can you hear me? Morning, can you hear me? Good morning, pastor. Thank you. Can you all hear me? Is this good? Yeah, it's the mic. There we go. All right. I listen for this little um I don't know what to describe it, but I can always tell there's this little echoey thing, not echo. There's this thing that goes on anyway, I can tell when when I'm when my mic is on and when it's not. So, I always wonder but one of the things that the pandemic has done, because we had to go online, is I got to pay attention to that. Because if it's not here, then I know it's not online. And then people are are just looking at me, and I'm doing the Chinese movie thing. <clears throat> just kidding. Anyway, good to see all of you. So glad that you're here. Um, those of you who are. Uh, gathered online. Glad to see you as well. <coughs> that you're there and hanging out with us. If this is your first time here, or even if you've been here before, welcome to Thrive Church. My name is David. I will be your guide. I will be your trek leader of the text. Your sherpa of Scripture. How's that? Still not quite there, is it? Almost. Almost. We're getting there. Anyway, I'm. I'm really glad that um, that we're able to, to gather together. And here's here's the thing. Um, <coughs> The series that we're doing, we're dealing with the reality that the pandemic has caused virtually everything to change. I mean, something is different. That's the, the um, name of our series here, maybe. There it is. And something is different. I mean, we can feel it. And it's not just our news um, outlets, but our conversations have changed, um, a lot of us. And, and people are acting different, um, you know, I I think that it, it's not just this church; it's it's every church. In fact, um, I had a conversation with some people um, just this
1: last week, and. There's this 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 this
0: I'm just to something else. Part of the same passage Now the other thing I want you to remember <clears> or <throat> before, is that this fits within um, a particular section of Mark that uh, I rather like, because I think it's in- instructive. But in Mark uh, chapter 3, Jesus calls this, uh, his, uh, the 12 disciples to be with him so that he can eventually send them out. And then there's this training period, and then Mark chapter 6, he actually sends them out. And so I want to read part of this section, and we'll come back to that um, Mark 3, Mark uh, 6 relationship in, in just a moment. But let's look at the passage. Let me read this for you here. Mark chapter 6, beginning with verse 6. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. So he's traveling. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. Now, keep this in mind, they had already been through a whole lot of of training, okay? And so Jesus is doing the Jesus thing. He's traveling and and he's um, uh, doing his teaching, but then he calls them to send them out, which is what he wanted in the first place, Mark chapter 3. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Yeah, they didn't have debit cards, folks. Okay? Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Now this is interesting to me. And because, remember, what Jesus uh, uh, did, ultimately, is he said, I want you to go out and preach and I'm gonna give you authority over impure in, in spirits. Now we see both of those things here, right? Preach that people should repent, we'll talk about that in a second, And they drove out many demons. Okay, but then it says, and many sick people uh, uh, were healed as well. Oh, wait a second. You just didn't say anything about that just a couple verses ago. That's okay, because my guess is that, um, (laughs) my guess is the disciples were just simply doing what they saw Jesus do. So let's talk about a couple of things here. First of all, this idea of repent, that people should repent. I don't know what it is, but when I was a kid growing up, repentance just seemed like a really powerful word. And I, I, I had in my mind those types of preachers that do hellfire and brimstone and repent, and you know, you're just like, I'm sorry. But repentance as a word doesn't, it's not aggressive, Repentance simply means turn from one thing to something better. And isn't that what we try to do? We try to tell people not to repent, you know, which we typically associate with confession. It may include that, but sometimes it's just simple as, man, this is unhealthy and I need to do something else. Right? And so one of the things that we do as a a body of believers is we call people to pray. Repentance, not with just our words, but with our actions. And we're calling them to turn, to be different, to be better, to follow Jesus, right? So let's make sure we understand what that word is, because this isn't about this, wagging your fingers at people, being judgmental, but rather saying, I understand what it's like because I've been there myself, and by the way, here's a better alternative. That's repentance. Of course, they drove out many demons. You know, we don't like to talk about that a whole lot, but it's there in, this, in the text. And so, uh, at some point, I will talk about that. And then they healed sick, but it says that they um, anointed them with oil. It's interesting. Um, here, the oil is most likely olive oil. And in the ancient world, it was considered um, an oil with medicinal properties. So if... Uh, Okay, how many of you, when you grew up and you got hurt and your dad says, just rub some dirt on it, you'll be okay? Did anybody ever do that to you? Yeah, yeah, some of you are nodding. I did that with my girls. They looked at me like I grew a second head. I get that look a lot, but in this particular case, it was like that. Well, in the ancient world, it wouldn't be rub some dirt on it, it'd be rub some olive oil on it. Or if, you know, you're Greek and are are, um, are familiar with the movie, you're going to spray some Windex on it, right? You know, that kind of a thing. It goes, uh, But olive oil is like that. It had some, uh, considered to have some medicinal properties, so if you got injured, you would go ahead and, and you would put olive oil on it. But it was also an oil of consecration, which meant that you would use it in order to signify that something was holy. And so oil becomes this perfect symbol for healing. And so we often will do that um, here as well. We'll anoint people with oil when we're praying for them, but it's an a excellent symbol for that. Now, one of the things that, I want to point out here is um, John Wimber, the founder of the, um, of the Vineyard Movement, talks about this idea of doing the stuff, and he tells this marvelous story. So when he uh, um, became a Christian, he didn't know anything. He didn't grow up in the church. He didn't, he didn't understand how it all worked, and so he started reading the Bible, and he started seeing the miracles that were taking place. So he went to his pastor, and he says, hey, when do we get to do the stuff? And the pastor said, "What stuff?" And I'm like, "Well, the stuff in the Bible. You know, when do we get a chance to feed a bunch of people and and uh, see see uh, blind people be able to see and all of that kind of thing?" And the pastor said, "Well, we don't do that." He says, "What do you mean?" He says, "Well, we don't do the stuff. We believe in the stuff, and we pray for the stuff, but we don't actually do the stuff." Well, Wimber thought that was kind of ridiculous, and frankly, so do I. Uh, I think it's it's an amazing that God told his disciples to go do the stuff. And Wimber believes that the stuff was available for the church today and we should go and and do likewise, and I think he's right. Now, I need to jump ahead a few verses, okay? Because there's this little interlude about John the Baptist. But I want to keep going ahead because there's something else in here that I think we need to see. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. So, they go out and they come back, and they they give Jesus a report. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Now, a couple of things here that I think is interesting. They go, they come back, they need to have a rest, so he takes them on a boat ride. Goes on a little uh, evening cruise. Okay, now I grew up on Lake Michigan and I've been on many boat rides, and let me tell you, they are very relaxing. Trust me, it's very nice. But I want you to notice what happens, okay? First of all, they come back. Remember, they had been traveling. Jesus sends them out, they come back, and there's a ton of activity going on, right? They don't even have a chance to eat, because they're still doing the stuff. So Jesus says, let's go for a boat ride, and what happens? The people see them on the boat, and run to the other side of the lake to meet them, get there ahead of them. People were waiting for them. Now, in my mind, the first thing is, those poor disciples, oh poor Jesus, they can't even get a break. And all of us have had seasons like that, right? We've had those moments where it's like, oh man, I just just need a rest. Fortunately, I got one last year, It it was really helpful. But hold on a second, and I, I, I think we need to think about what's happening here. We need to zoom out a little bit. Now, I want you to remember something here, okay? So Mark chapter 3, Jesus calls the 12. Then, from Mark 3 through Mark 6, Jesus teaches them, he shows them all kinds of signs and wonders. I mean, if you ever get a chance, just read through Mark 3, 4, 5, and 6. It won't take you very long. It's really good. And then in Mark 6, he sends them out, but the people end up finding them at the end. Okay? The people search for them. And as we were talking about this in our, in our pastor's meeting, it hit me like a hammer. A Holy Spirit kind of question. And, and here's what came to my mind. Why are we chasing after people to come to church? Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't go chasing after people, inviting them to church on Sunday. Now, don't get me wrong. He traveled from village to village, and he preached, and he did the stuff, right? But at the the end, people were finding him. He didn't have to go chase after them. Now, I don't know about you, But I think that's an extraordinary observation. Because I don't know how much time as a pastor I spend thinking about how do I get more people to come to church. I just just do. Because that's the way we were trained. We gotta, gotta gather a crowd. And now I'm wondering, what do we need to do that for? And the question itself made me Really uncomfortable. Because I like church growth. I like strategy. I like things like that. I think it's fun to do. It's kind of how I'm wired. And here I'm being challenged on a very theological level. Why are we chasing after people to come to church? The Mark example seems to be very different. Remember, the world is different. The example here is different. They spent time with Jesus, they received his authority and his empowerment and then the ministry found the disciples. Did you notice that? That's the Mark pattern. Time with Jesus, authority and empowerment and then ministry will find them. And it seems to me that spending time with God and learning his ways and his anointing gives us an opportunity so that he can trust us with ministry. And notice what I said there that he can trust us with the ministry. And notice that I didn't say church. Because I I think there's something that happens, especially in our sort of, uh, you know, modern American evangelical, I think that, I believe that because something is different, we need a much bigger understanding of our role on this earth. And there is a distinction in my mind Um, that's crucial to our understanding. Please understand, church, Sunday morning service, is ministry, but it's not the only ministry. Ministry is much bigger, it's much more robust, The, the scope and the scale of it is so much more, because you can do the stuff anywhere. And if you're following the biblical pattern, that's normal to do the stuff outside of here. Church is a venue. Sunday morning is a venue for ministry to occur, and we will continue to do that. But we know that power always follows presence, which, by the way, is why we worship the way we do. It's why we say the Lord is in this place. We want you to experience the presence of God. I hope that those of you who are watching online, when you're worshiping with us, you experience the presence of God, at least at some level. But if power follows presence, we worship the way we do it, at thrive so that we're in his presence so we can be trusted with his ministry. And what I'm learning, time spent with God presence cannot possibly be emphasized enough. And probably some of you are tired of, me, tired of me saying this because I've been doing it for a couple of years. Well, here's something that I've noticed with groups of people is that usually by the time I'm sick of it, everybody else is starting to get it. That's <laughs> usually what happens. And so in his presence, God can trust us with his power. And what we see in Mark, four chapters of time with Jesus and then ministry opportunities come and find them. They don't have to go out and look for them. Now, don't misunderstand. We're still going to do Sunday, uh, Sunday morning service. We're still going to do church. But however, here's the thing I want you to remember, and I've said this all along. You are the church. We don't do church. You to church. And that means that the church is wherever you are. And if if church is going to be the venue for ministry, guess what? Ministry happens wherever you are. And the real question is, can God trust you with his ministry? With your power? Can he empower you to do that kind of ministry? And so the real question is, how much time are you spending in his presence? Are you getting this? Are we connecting these dots? It seems so simple, but it isn't easy, is it? No, of course not. So church is wherever you're located. And if you chase after his, his presence, he's going to empower you to do kingdom work. He's going to empower you to do the stuff. I, You know, maybe that doesn't hit you the way it hit me, but I found myself kind of reeling from that. I find myself even asking the question, God, can you, can you trust me? Maybe that's a question we all ought to ask. So here's what we're going to do um, this week. Here's what we're going to do. So we've been um, setting alarms, right? We're going to do it one more time, okay, one more time. This time, we're going to set our alarm for 6.33, In fact, take your phone out. Go ahead, set your alarm. 6.33. A.M. or P.M., it's your choice. You can do both, and you get an extra gold star. But you don't have to. 6.33. 6.33. Because in 6.33, that's where we see the fact that people were waiting for them the people were waiting for them to show up. They didn't have to go chasing after anybody. They were waiting for Jesus and his disciples. And so what I want you to do at 633 every single day, I want you to ask God to meet with us as a church and to empower us for real ministry, not just doing church, not just going through the motions, but learning how to be very sensitive to the things that he's teaching us. I'll tell you a quick story. So this week, um, uh, a friend of ours um, was texting back and forth with Lisa about something that was going on in her life. And um, this woman has been kind of on our, our personal prayer team for a decade or more. She's one of these people who really knows how to pray deeply. Some people pray broadly. Other people pray deeply, and she's a deep prayer. In fact, we have to be very careful because when we ask her to pray for something, she does pray, and if we don't give her a follow-up, she finally asks, and we're like, oh my gosh, Heather's been praying about this for the entire time, and so we, we try to make sure that that we uh, let her know the updates as they come because we know that she prays. That's why we ask her to. And she had was dealing with something <coughs> And she told Lisa, hey, I really probably need to talk to David about this. And and so we set up a time, and we talked. I haven't haven't really talked to her in in probably a couple of years. Um, You know, occasional texts, but Lisa uh, talks to her a lot more often than I do. And so we had a really great conversation. It was about, um, you know, two hours long, and she was just dealing with stuff, and she needed some counsel and some advice, I guess. I, I think she was just needed somebody to kind of listen to her, was a little unbiased, you know, sometimes you need somebody to help you process stuff. But in the course of the conversation, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of praying in the back of my mind. I'm just saying, God, is there something you want to say here? I mean, is there some value that I can offer? Or is there, you know, something? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to follow Jesus in the course of this conversation, and I love Heather for who she is, and I, I want to be of value, like I, like I do with everybody. So for two hours we chatted, and then right towards the end of the conversation, I got um, a very clear word that crossed my mind: encourage. Okay, I can do that. And I said to her, I I don't normally say this, um, but I said to her, I'm like, I I think the Lord is going to speak to you right now. I think this is the Holy Spirit. And I said, you are powerful. You are mighty through God. And you may feel like you don't have it all worked out, but with God, you're formidable. And I so said the other thing that you, you need to hear, and you need to hear the Holy Spirit tell you this right now, is that you are a daughter of the king before you were a daughter of your earthly parents. She put her face in her hands and sobbed. My brothers and sisters, that's discipleship. That's when we are put into a position to do the stuff. And you get trusted with those little moments of ministry and you see, how it affects somebody's attitude and demeanor, and they come out with hope on the other end, if that is not discipleship, if that is not ministry, I don't know what it is. All I know is I want more of that. Not just in my own life, but I want it in my church too. And the only way you get there is to spend time in the presence of God so that you can be trusted to do the stuff. I don't know how that hits you today. But at 6.33, every single day, I hope that you're willing to say, I want to find out. So maybe you got a different prayer you need to pray. You go ahead and pray it. You go do you. Because Jesus understands that. But at 6.33, we're praying for more of his presence. The Lord is in this place. We're going to hang on to that. Just say, God, I want to be trusted with ministry. Whatever that means, wherever I am. Let's pray. Jesus, you are so good to us. <laughs> you give us these great stories and little things hidden in them. And then your spirit comes along and illuminates stuff for us. And it totally and radically changes our outlook and it changes how we do things and why we do things. And all along, you've been sitting there waiting on us. God, I'm so grateful for that. And so my prayer, Lord, for this church is that we'd be so a people of presence, so um, in tune with who you are, that that your power and your ministry would just flow out of us naturally. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. And God, that we wouldn't get worked up over things like, you know, numbers and attendance, and yeah, that's all important too, but that's just the result. That's not the goal. The goal is to be connected back to our Heavenly Father, to be trusted for the anointing to do the ministry that you put before us. God, I pray for the people that call Thrive Church home. Whether they're online, whether they're in service, if this is their, their church family, God bless them with your presence. Surprise them with it. Give them a sensitive spirit to that moment when you're in the room and they they realize that you're there too and go, Oh. Hmm. God, I want to hear those stories. This isn't just something that happened 2,000 years ago. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, God, show us what that's like. And if you want to be in this place, oh, God, give us more. Give us more. As we try to say almost every week, Thrive Church is your church. You get to decide what happens here and how it happens. We're gonna follow you in all of that. So help us to hear collectively what it is that you're saying. God, something is different, but you're not. Something is different, and you're not surprised. Something is different, and you still have a way forward. Help us to hear what that is. And Lord, I just wanna pray for any individual who's here today. And maybe they're thinking, Oh, that sounds great, but I don't know how to get there. That's okay. Or maybe somebody is saying to themselves, I mean, I am just too messed up to even begin to think about this. Oh man, that's a great place to be, believe it or not. And maybe there's somebody who's, God, I'm trying to connect with you, I'm not hearing from you. I'm praying for your breakthrough. And there are some people who are like, God, I love your presence, but but now I want to see your power. I want to see your kingdom. I want to be a part of whatever it is you're doing. (laughs) Look out. Jesus, if you are so willing, Holy Spirit, if you're willing, I pray that you would find the willing hearts today and come do the things that only you can do. Come, Holy Spirit, be a part of thrive in this moment. Speak to the hearts that need to hear you. I pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.